0: Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Do you ever walk into anything with an expectation? Do you walk into life, into a room, into a game, or jobs? or You have these expectations. And I think sometimes that we can expect just sort of the same mundane normal. And we can stop expecting God to do The amazing. I think we tend to do that in days, and we tend to do that in life, and we get reminded. And sometimes we can go through long periods of time where we forget. You know, I was watching a video this week um, of of a lady named Demi Lovato, and she's a singer. And two years ago, she overdosed. And she almost lost her life, and they found her unconscious, and they were able to bring her back. And over the next two years, she's been recouping and just sort of, she's been battling with drugs, battling with all these demons. And then she wrote a song called Anyone, and this video we're going to watch in just one second she performed this is her first performance that she performed at the Grammys last weekend it's her first performance since that day let's watch voice was sore tired of empty conversation because no one hears me anymore a hundred million stories and a hundred million songs i felt stupid when i This song speaks of the so many struggles that she goes through. I believe this song actually speaks of our society. It speaks of people that are so connected, yet so far from everyone. People knowing so much, yet knowing no one. People seen by many, but really never noticed. This song, I really think, as I listen to it and as I hear it, hear it. It speaks of our culture today. If I had an opportunity to speak to our culture as a whole, I'd say, hey, God sees you. God notices you. God desires to connect with you, and God loves you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. God, I thank you so much that you love us, that you care for us, that, Lord, that you have a plan for us, Lord, and that your plan is a good plan, and your plan is to do good things in our lives. And, Lord, I ask, God, that you would speak to us in a powerful way this morning. Lord, that you would meet us here. Lord, that you'd meet your people at churches all over the valley, Lord. God, I pray for um, Palm Valley this morning. God, I ask that you speak to your people there. Lord, I pray for uh, Lord, my friend Ben over at Royal Palms. Lord, uh, speak through him. Lord, I pray for Love Baptist. Lord, uh, speak through uh, Adam this morning, God. And speak to us here at CCV, uh, at City View. I always pray for CCV, but Lord, speak to us at uh, at City View this morning, in Jesus' name, Amen. If you would, uh, you can if if you look at your the the City View app, or you go to the U version, um, you will see the lyrics, the first set. And I'm not going to say, don't go don't go listen to the whole song. Don't Spotify it. You'll hear probably words you don't like um, that probably aren't totally appropriate, especially if you have young ones around. Um, but as I heard this song, as it was performed last weekend, and it got a lot of talk, I I really saw how it fit perfectly with the passage we're looking at this morning. If you would turn with me to Acts chapter three, as we continue our study, there is more, because I think there's there, there's so much more to be found when you're in the presence of God. And in Acts chapter three, we meet a a man who had been who had been lame; he had been crippled from birth. No hope of ever getting better. There's, there's no doctors that could heal him. There's nothing. He, he's just crippled from birth. And he has these friends that take him daily outside the courts to this place called the gate called Beautiful. And every day he gets laid there. He gets set there. His friends leave and he's there all day begging, hoping somebody might give him money so that he might have what he needs the rest of the day. And so this guy is sitting there at, at this gate called Beautiful. And, and Peter and John, are the two disciples, they come that day, and, and they're getting ready to go and to pray. And we pick it up here in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. If you have a Bible, turn there. If you have it on the YouVersion app, go there. It's going to be up here behind me too. And it says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer. Now, one thing I want us to notice is, as we go, we're going to see throughout Scripture that the disciples, there's always more than two. Two or more. And I think that's key and that's a, a, an important thing to remember. That's something, one that, something Jesus taught. He said, go out in twos. And I think the reason why is because Jesus knows that life in ministry is lonely. And when we're by ourselves in life, we can feel very alone. And, and that is, I think, one of the reasons why we see throughout Scripture, we see that even Paul in the Bible, he always had, there's Paul and Silas, Paul and Timothy, Paul and a group of guys. We're going to see there's, there's Barnabas and Mark. There's, there's always two. Because life is not meant to be lived alone. That's why we do city groups. That's why we do these different things where we provide atmospheres where we can be in things together. So you see, Peter and John, they go to pray. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in, carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Now, Peter and John were just two normal people that were going to walk by him that day. He didn't know who they were. He didn't really care who they were. It didn't matter. It's just letting us know the story and what's going on in this. And If we can sort of picture this man every day, if you can imagine him as he watched people walk past every day, can you imagine sort of what he would have felt like, the emotions he would have gone through as he watched people walk past him every single day and not acknowledge him, not love him, not like him, but maybe just toss coins down. Maybe occasionally they toss words down, like why are you always here? Why do you have to be here? I'm getting ready to go pray. I'm getting ready to go talk to God, and you've got to be here to interrupt my prayer time. You've got to be here to make me feel bad and feel guilty. How many of you have ever had that go through your mind when you see somebody? Maybe it's um who knows what it could be just somebody that that's a homeless person. And we can have a negative attitude. And I wonder how many times he heard snide remarks. He felt less of a person. I wonder how this man would have felt this day. Can you imagine how he felt? Can you imagine how helpless he was, how worthless he felt he was? He probably thought no one cared. He probably felt no one noticed. And I'll bet you if he wrote a song, he would write a song just like her. I don't know if you read the lyrics to it, but I'm going to read those to you really quick. <clears throat> they say I tried to talk to my piano I tried to talk to my guitar talk to my imagination confided in alcohol I tried, I tried, I tried some more tired of empty conversation because no one hears me anymore A 100 million stories and a 100 million songs I feel stupid when I sing nobody's listening to me I talk to shooting stars, but they always get it wrong. I feel stupid when I pray. So why am I praying anyway if nobody's listening? You know, I wonder how many prayers that guy prayed outside that temple, and I wonder at what point he gave up. I wonder at what point he said, you know what, why do I pray anyway if nobody's listening to me? I can imagine this guy singing these exact same words. I can imagine him sitting there outside the temple saying, is anybody there? And then you get into that chorus, anybody, please send me, or anyone, please send me anyone. Lord, is there anyone? I need someone. Can you imagine his plea? Can you picture his plea? Can you picture this man at the gate singing those same words Demi Lovato wrote? Can you picture that? Because I can. I can picture a man laying there because he can't do anything else. He can't go home until his friends pick him up and carry him home. He can't go to the bathroom unless he goes on himself because he cannot walk. He's saying, is there anyone? Lord please send me anyone. I'll take anyone. <clears throat> Are they listening? And so this man is laying there begging. This man felt like nobody was listening, not even God. <clears throat> he had lost hope. He didn't even look at people anymore. He was helpless, hopeless and he had lo- and lost. But he wasn't forgotten. You know, he's just sort of sitting there at the gate, and he hears people walking, and he hears people approaching, and he says, he puts his hand out because he doesn't feel worthy of looking up at people anymore. And it says there in verse 4, Peter and John looked at him intently. To look intently means they actually stopped, and they stared, and they paid attention. When was the last time we did that in a conversation? where we actually stopped, listened, and we paid attention. We, didn't, we weren't in such a hurry. We weren't in such a rush. If you look at Jesus' life, he was never in a hurry. He was busy. He was extremely busy, but he was never in a hurry. And he always took time. And Peter and John could have just walked right by this guy. They could have just kept going, but lo- look what they did. It says they stopped. It says they looked at him intently, and what did Peter say? He said, look at us. He said, look at me. Because Peter wanted personal contact. Peter wanted a relationship. He didn't want to just toss money down. He didn't want to just do something. He, he didn't want to just keep going and be like, hey, John, just keep walking. This guy's here every day. He's just going to beg for money. He, he just, man, I don't know why he doesn't get helped some, by somebody else. I don't know. Man, we already helped the last guy. We, we just need to keep going, John. No, we see he says, look at me. It says in verse 5, then the lame man looked at the, at them eagerly expecting some money. I wonder at what point he stopped expecting God to move. He's sitting outside the temple of God. This place worship happens. This place people go in to have God answer their prayers. This place people go in to repent of their sin. This place where people go in to have life change happen. And I wonder at what point in his life that he stopped expecting God to do the exceptional I wonder at what point he stopped expecting God to do more than the ordinary. I wonder at what point he stopped expecting God and he only expected money because that's where that he was. That's the state he's at, expected some money. But Peter said to him, I don't have any silver or gold for you. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, Get up and walk. You see, they they Peter and John could easily have just said, hey, go ahead, dude, you're healed. We're going to go back to worshiping. Hey, here you go. Here's some silver and gold. Go back to worshiping. But you see, Peter and John learned something from their Lord. They learned that Jesus was a personal Jesus. They learned that he was a personal God. They learned that he was all about personal touch and and real relationships. And so in that moment, they stopped and they looked down and they saw him. They wanted him to know that they noticed him. They wanted him to know that they cared. They wanted him to know that he mattered. That's what they wanted him to know. They wanted him to know that he was worth something. And this guy was only expecting the simple. I have a question. Have you forgotten? To expect great things from God. Have you forgotten to expect great things from God? You know, I think we can all get to that point. We can all get sort of a, have like a calloused heart where we stop expecting those great things. We start looking for other things, whether it's medication or whatever it might be, and we we stop expecting God to do great things. He was just expecting money. And then Peter said to him, "But can you imagine how he would have felt when you know Peter and John they go silver and gold we don't have." And so at that point he disengages. Can you picture that? At that point he's like, "Fine, go ahead. I don't. I don't want a sandwich." I really don't want your bag of socks and toothbrush and the, the, the leftovers you got at whatever, wherever you just were. I don't want that. You know, can you imagine just sort of the calloused heart he had at that point when he said, we don't have silver and gold. Have you ever been to that conversation and all of a sudden you find out they don't, somebody doesn't have what you want? But then there's that statement that happens. Then there's the word But. That word, but, changes everything. And in that moment, he says, Peter says, but, I will give you what I have. I think many of us, when we're in those conversations with people at work, at school, neighborhoods, our kids' practices, somebody's telling you what's going on in their life. Somebody's telling you how they're stressing about whatever is happening. And we have those moments where people are telling us, and you you are sitting there. Have you ever thought, sat there and thought, I wish I could help them. And I'm losing weight. Even I don't know why I did that. You see, you can. You many times you might think, I I don't have the words. But you have the same statement Peter has. But what I do have, I give to you. You have Jesus. You have the life-changing words. And, and I know some people, like, it, Jesus isn't going to mean much to them in that moment. But you see, Jesus, he, as, he gets that enter, as he gets the entryway into somebody's soul, as, as you just start sharing him little by little with people, you're like, I don't have the answer, but I do have Jesus. And here's what Jesus can do for you. You get those little conversations. All of a sudden, Jesus starts breaking away. He starts chiseling, chiseling away at that person's heart. And he says, but, I, but what I do have I give to you. And I wonder what he thought. But I thought, but I need money. I need need money to go see the doctor. He had no idea that he would be healed spiritually that day. Peter says, I have Jesus, and he is the one who will heal you. He is worth more than silver and gold. He can do more than silver and gold can do. He hasn't forgotten you. He has heard you, and he can fix you. Then it says in verse 7, then Peter looked. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up and he did the same and 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 as he did the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened and he jumped up and stood on his feet and they began to walk and then walking and leaping and praising God and he went into the temple with them all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God and when they realized he was the lame beggar that they had seen so often at the gate called beautiful that they were absolutely astonished and they all rushed out and amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Verse 7 says, then Peter took the lame man by the hand. I wonder when the last time was that we helped someone. I wonder when the last time was that somebody took his hand, this, this lame man you know because this is a, a different way you know he probably had those those guys that would carry him daily they just sort of picked him up and maybe it was their good deed for the day they picked him up and have you ever been in that moment where you're helping somebody you're doing something and you're frustrated you don't have time you just want to get it done and you're just rushing them have you ever done that you're just rushing it so you're not really caring for it that much you, you don't want to break it but you really don't care that much and you're just in that hurry you're like fine maybe it's, you're trying to help your kids and you, you grab them by the hand you're like come on right now for reals you don't know where your shoes are you sort of Grab their hand you got that moment you, any of you ever been in that moment where somebody's you're trying to help somebody and they're like hey I, but i still you, you're at work and they're like i can't find it though like, Fine, come here fall show me and so you're in that huff you ever been there i had a friend once I, I worked maintenance um and i radioed i'm like i cannot get this unlocked i cannot fix this thing and and i could not do it And he radios over the radio he goes jeremiah you got to be 10% smarter than the lock I've never forgotten those words. You ever been in that much of a hurry? I wonder when the last time somebody actually touched this man with care. And see, in that moment, Peter goes down and he grabs his hand. He's not in a rush. He says, hey, come here. Now, in this moment, Peter has just as much faith, if not more, than this man because this man's not healed yet. Do you understand that? He's not healed yet. He's still as lame. He Peter says, "Hey, stand." The guy's like Dude, have you not seen? There's no strength in my ankles. There's no strength in my feet. I've never used my legs in my life. There's no muscle in my legs. These don't work. So can you imagine what this man would have felt like? Some of you, you understand muscle. You understand atrophy. You understand these things that would have happened in his life. You understand these things. And this man, so as Peter looks down, he says, Peter says to him, he says he grabs his right hand and he helped him up. Peter goes, and Peter's taking a risk. Peter's taking a risk right now that this is going to work. How many of you have ever had to take a risk to see if something's going to work like this? Uh, This is, this would be scary. You see, sometimes the very thing you are praying for is not seen until you start moving forward. So this man, he he wanted money, but really he wanted to be healed. Peter wanted to see this man healed. He's not going to see it until he reaches out his hand. Peter probably wanted, okay, God, I'm going to say this man's healed, and you're just going to put muscle on right there, and I don't have to do anything else. I'm just going to say, dude, you're healed. And the guy's going to be like, bam, and then he's going to jump up. He's like, woo! Peter's like, okay, dude, what? I do not have silver and gold, but I do have you. I heal you in the name of Jesus. And the guy's like, uh-huh. They still don't work. Peter bends down. He says, "Give me your hand." And the dude's like, uh, how's this going to work?" So can you can you imagine the faith of Peter right now because sometimes for you to see a move of God, you have to take a step forward to see that happen. You're not going to see it until you step forward. You're not going to see God take that, make that healing. You're not going to see God make that move. You're not going to see God give you that job. You're not going to see God help you with that test. You're not going to see God in that relationship until you make that move. So Peter reaches down his hand, and as Peter grabs his hand, and he starts raising him up, okay, can you can you picture this right now? He starts lifting the guy up. Hey, awesome, we come up here real quick? You're going to be the lame man. Give it a frost in our hair. We just like lay down on the ground like you're lame, like you don't work. I don't figure it out. Be a good actor. That's how you'd be? No, you're you're sitting up though. You're sitting up a little. Uh, Let's put your legs, like bend them a little bit. No, like that. I don't know how. I don't know how you'd be. So Peter would have grabbed him like, I don't know how Peter would have grabbed him like this, because that's what guys do. Peter's like, all right, dude, you ready? And Peter's like looking at John going, Oh my God, this is working. And John's like, what the? And the guy stands up. That Can you picture this happening right now? As the guy's standing, ankles start to strengthen. Muscles start to form. In that moment, like things start to work. His body starts to show physical like things happening. And all of a sudden, the guy's standing there. But he doesn't just stand there. What does it say? It says he, 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 he begins to walk, and then he leaps, and then he starts praising God. You don't have to do all that. Thank you so much, Austin. Appreciate it. Right in front of both of them, this happens. This man stands, he walks, he leaps, he jumps, he praises God, he points at all to Jesus. And the people notice him, they, they recognize him as the guy who was sitting at the gate. He, he walks into the temple, and people are like, wait a minute, we just saw you. How are you here? How, how is this happening right now? We, we don't get it, we, we swear we just saw you sitting at the gate. And the guy is just like, Jesus did it. And Peter then, he, verse 12, Peter then says, Peter saw his opportunity. saw his opportunity to see your opportunity you have to be paying attention he wasn't caught up in the guy's ankle being healed he could have been caught up in that and just be like john did you just see that that was amazing john you could have been the guy you were supposed to walk in first but you didn't you made me walk in first because you didn't want to stand by that guy look what you missed out on i don't know i don't i don't we do that don't we don't we do those things we're like you know no you go on first i don't want to i don't want to talk to him i i I said hi to him last week i don't want i really don't peter's like fine peter that's was peter if he's like dude and then all of a sudden something in in him something inside peter said stop because there was an opportunity something inside peter said hey tell this guy that jesus is more than anything because peter saw an opportunity but the opportunity didn't just stop at the healing. You see, many of us, we might think the opportunity stops in that moment of, of some kind of great thing, of, of your roommate coming to know the Lord, or or somebody being healed, or, or something crazy happening, or your provision being taken care of. We might think that's the end of the opportunity, but Peter saw the opportunity was so much more. It was in the crowd. Peter saw the opportunity was in the people that were going to see this amazing thing, and that this guy moved and says, but Peter... When he saw the opportunity, he addressed the crowd, people of Israel. What is so surprising about this? He said, this shouldn't surprise you. You should be expecting your God to do great things all the time. How do I know that we sometimes stop expecting God to do great things? Because so did this crowd. And we are no different. We're no different than this crowd. We forget. We stop asking. We don't don't continue to expect God to do great things. He says, what's so surprising about it? Why are you staring at us as though we had made this man well by, by our own power or goodness? He's like, God did it. God did this. Verse 13 says this, for it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all ancestors, who brought the glory to to his servant Jesus by doing this thing. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over. You rejected him, verse verse 14 says. You killed him, verse 15 says. Verse 16 says, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was made well. He said, he's not made well by my power. Not by my might. He says, but it's in Jesus. In Jesus that he's made well. Verse 17, he says, friends, I realize what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things, that Jesus must die on a cross that he must die that death so that we might have the forgiveness of sins, so that we might have the guilt and shame taken away. And he says to them, he says, now repent. Repent of your sins. And turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. He says, then, when you repent, then, when your sins are wiped away, then, Times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. See, Peter, then he sees his opportunity, he takes this opportunity, and he points them to Jesus. You see, the end goal wasn't that this man would be healed. The end goal was that many might come to know that Jesus heals your soul. That was the end goal. Peter saw the opportunity in this man. He he saw a man that was in need, and and he, he just obeyed God. And Peter didn't know what was next. He just obeyed God in that moment. God's like, stop, all right? Talk to this guy, okay? Heal him, all right? Help him stand up, okay? Watch the crowd, all right? There's your opportunity. Tell them about me. And that's what we see what happens. And he says to them, repent. And you, when you repent, you're turning from your sin. And the result of that repentance is refreshment for your soul. Aren't so many of us looking for that refreshment? Aren't so many of us looking for that, that fresh life that can happen inside us? That turmoil that happens? Aren't so many of us looking for that? You know, in that song, that Demi Lovato song, she says, anyone, please send me anyone. Lord, is there anyone? I need someone. Anyone, please send me anyone. Lord, is there anyone? I need someone. She's crying out for any kind of connection, for any kind of love, for any kind of anyone, for any kind of anything. And I'll bet this man did the exact same thing. He's like, God, just send me someone. Do something different today. God, do you even hear me? Do you even care? I think many of us, we can come to that point in life. And as I read about this man, I I wonder if that's where he was. Same as our society, we as a society are trying so hard to find refreshment. We, we try to find refreshment in self-care, and, in addiction, and, in medicate, self-medicating, and in relationships, in work, in money, in fitness. We, we try to solve a deep down heart need that can only be solved in Jesus. And we see Peter says here, repent from your sin, turn to God so that sins may be washed away. Then when that happens, he says, your soul will be Refreshed. That's the end result. Your soul would be refreshed. And this is what that man experienced that day. This is what that crowd can experience as they listen to Peter. And this is what each and every one of us can have today. It says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to God, And he will draw near to you. We see this, this continuum, this, this thread throughout our scriptures, throughout the Bible of God's desire to be near. Of God's desire to refresh our soul. Of God's desire to forgive us and to set us free. Of God's desire to bring us to his presence where we might find mercy, where we might find grace, where we might be able to draw near. We see that this happens. God's desire is for a relationship. God's desire is to know you and to be known by you. Refreshment happens when sins are forgiven. Let us today draw near to God through the cross, cross of Jesus and experience his refreshing spirit upon our lives. This morning, as we... We have a couple songs left. And this morning we are going to take communion together as a church. And you'll see different places here. Um, There's two spots here and there's two spots up at at the middle area. Where you can go and grab communion. And then Austin's going to come up and lead us through communion after this song. So I ask that you would go go and get communion and then we will take it together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. God, that you care for us, that you love us. God, I ask that you would meet us here now. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, one, I, uh, maybe this morning you're thinking, I, I want that refreshment for my soul. Peter says, repent. He says, stop going the direction you're going. Turn and go the other way. Turn and go towards God. If that's you, if you want to repent and you come back to God, I ask that you pray with me. You can Pray these words. Dear God, I want to turn from the way I'm going. I don't want to walk to you. Jesus, I ask that you'd forgive me. I ask that you'd set me free from the guilt and shame that is holding me. Jesus, I ask that you would refresh my soul. I believe that you died on a cross for me. And I ask that you forgive me in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to CityViewPHX.com.